9, verses 13 through 16. And before I read it, I just want to remind you, this is in the middle of a prayer. David is saying these things to God. Excuse me. He starts out, oh, please stand for the reading of God's word. He starts out saying, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Dean. Um, I'm not preaching today, mostly. I'm not preaching today. I preached quite a bit in Sunday school this morning, didn't I, guys? Yeah. I had a lot to say. Um, our, 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 our speaker today is Mary Messacap. She's director of the Longmont Life Choices, and I'll have her come up in a few moments. Um, I've met Mary a number of times. Um, it's our privilege to have her with us today. And I, I can't thank you, Mary, for you and those who work with you for the work that you do. Uh, it's just immeasurably important. It really is. And when I think about the issues our country faces, the moral, spiritual, the critical issues, um, there's a lot of things that trouble me, but this one, the issue of uh, abortion, uh, pro-choice, pro-abortion, as said against pro-life, this to me is the most troubling. In my mind, it's at the top of the list. I think I shared this last time uh, um, when um, Kathy Roberts was here from Life's Choices. Um, I remember reading something about um, these well-known spiritual leaders in our country. I know one of them was Albert Moeller. I can't remember who the other was, was, but one of them said, well, I think the critical issue facing America today is the issue of social justice. I agree. There are issues with social justice. Albert Moeller said, I think the critical issue facing America today is the whole issue of sexual fluidity, sexual identity. I agree. That's an important issue. But I don't agree with either one of them that it's the most critical issue. I think this issue that we're addressing today is the most critical. Listen, if we can't value and defend the most vulnerable and the most innocent, it seems hypocritical to me that we would be so concerned about these other issues. And we should be. I'm not saying we shouldn't. Dean just read for you what the scripture says about the unborn. Alright? We're valued beings in God's eyes before ever we're born into the light of day. 
knows who we are. Every day of our lives is ordained by Him. It's already planned out for us. So those that would say that we are not life before we're born contradict both Scripture and science, folks. They contradict both Scripture and science. I am encouraged by the fact that two states that I know of recently have passed laws to protect the unborn. And, you know, I've not read the laws. I just know what, you know, they say in the news about them. But basically these laws say if there's a heartbeat detected, an abortion cannot be performed. I say that's a step in the right direction. Because we know there are other states that have passed laws that say babies can be boarded up to the moment of birth and some have even promoted the, for babies to be killed after birth, which unthinkable to me. I just... Um, I recently read uh, this book by Albert Moeller. I don't know if I, how many of you are familiar with Albert Moeller. He, as far as I know, he's still the uh, president, I guess you call him, of the Southern Baptist Church. But he's also a, a pretty deep thinker, a theologian, philosopher sort of person. And, and this book was actually, uh, the, the most recent copyright was 2011, so it's uh, eight years old. But the issues uh, we confronted in 2011 we're still confronting right now. He, there's a couple of chapters in here that deal with this abortion issue. The first one deals with the struggle even between those who are proponents of it, but some of the issues that are rising among them now. But the second chapter is called, Who's Afraid of the Fetus? And uh, he talks about um, a tool. And so, so let me just share with you some portions from this chapter. From the New York Times, February 2nd, 2005, reporter Neela Banjari reported on the use of ultrasound technology by crisis pregnancy centers in an article headlined, Church groups turn to sonogram to turn women from abortion. The article began by introducing Andrea Brown, who at age 24 and searching for an abortion provider, came across the Bowie-Crofton Pregnancy Center and Medical Clinic in Bowie, Maryland. When she called the center, Ms. Brown was told that the facility did not perform abortions or provide abortion referrals, but that she could come in for an ultrasound that would ensure the viability of her baby. As Banjuri reported, when she did, everything changed. Praise God. When I had the sonogram and heard the heartbeat, and for me a heartbeat symbolizes, symbolizes life, after that there was no way I could do it, Miss Brown recalled. Once she had seen the image of her unborn baby, abortion was no longer an option. Andrea Brown's testimony is hardly unique. 
That fact explains why the New York Times decided that the emergence of ultrasound technology in the abortion debate is front page news. Um, many of you uh, have met our oldest daughter, Kim. Uh, she recently moved back to the Northwest. She's a dental hygienist uh, who worked for a number of years in Fort Collins. She had a young lady in her chair one day who was a college student, was pregnant, unmarried, had been to, um, I think, Planned Parenthood. They'd done an ultrasound. By the way, they do use that. But they don't let the women see the images. She told our daughter, they took the ultrasound, but they turned the screen away so I couldn't see it. Because they're afraid of what will happen if you do see it. So our daughter, who'd been working with, is it called Alpha? In Fort Collins, referred this young lady to Alpha. Because they do ultrasounds too, and they let you see the picture. That's what happens. See, this is a story of what happens. So this goes on to say, make no mistake, pro-abortion advocates understand why this new what this new development of ultrasound represents. Suzanne Martinez, Vice President of Public Policy at Planned Parenthood Federation of America, told the New York Times that the use of such images by pregnancy centers is coercive. In an amazingly candid statement, Ms. Martinez put the issue in perspective. From the time they walk into these centers, they are inundated with information that is propaganda and that has one goal in mind, and that is to have women continue with their pregnancies. Got it? Ms. Martina clearly believes that something dreadful has happened when women are persuaded to continue with their pregnancies and not seek abortions. And then uh, another, um, writing for the New House News Service, reporter, reporter Mark O'Keefe traced the experience of Rebecca Nancaro, a 23-year-old woman who visited a faith-based pregnancy center in Dallas, Texas. According to O'Keefe's report, Nancaro went into the clinic almost certain she wanted to undergo an abortion. Nevertheless... Once Nan Carroll saw her baby through an, un, through an ultrasound technology, everything changed. She was moving. She was kicking. She had legs. Nan Carroll made a promise to her baby on the spot. I will take care of you. Suzanne Martinez, also cited in O'Keefe's article, charged that the use of ultrasound technology by pregnancy centers isn't a matter of providing more knowledge, but an attempt to manipulate women. In other words, the abortion industry doesn't want pregnant women to see inside their own wombs and thus recognize the humanity of their unborn children. He says, this is... um, Again, um, Albert Moeller, the pro-abortion movement fears the impact of ultrasound technology the way Howard Hughes feared germs. 
The website of the Feminist Women's Health Center, a group that operates abortion clinics in several states, warns women that they should stay away from crisis pregnancy centers altogether. Quote, some of these centers offer ultrasound, also known as sonograms, but that does not mean that the personnel operating the equipment are medically trained. When all else fails, the Feminist Women's Health Health Center shifts to scare tactics. Quote, if you discover you are seeking help from an anti-abortion facility, protect yourself from further harassment. Leave the premises immediately and do not return. When you do locate a professional clinic that offers information about all options, be sure to share your experience with your new counselor so that whatever distortions and misinformation you have received can be corrected. There you have it, Mueller says. The abortion rights movement has finally met its match. The abortion industry is scared to death of the fetus, knowing that the mirror image of a living baby in the womb is the refutation of every argument they can assert and all the coercion they would employ. Enough said. Mary, in the thick of the battle... Share with us what God has laid on your heart today. Just want to make sure this is on. Can you hear me? Testing? Testing? Can you turn it off? Take it off. I'm in that commercial, you know, for the telephone company. Okay. I guess the first thing I want to say is um, two things. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to talk in front of you. Um, it is truly a blessing. Uh, my my um, Irish-Hungarian temperature raises as I... Um, heard what you were saying, Pastor Sid, and I hate to say it, but it doesn't matter how many years it's been since that book, it's exactly what's still going on in regards to wrong information and attempts of deceiving young women um, by the propaganda statements exactly that you mentioned. We are in a battle. This is not in my, in my speech, but... Life Choices has been in a battle, and it's a constant battle. But by our saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by keeping our eyes fixed on our Lord, we continue to fight, not on our own, but with the Lord and his army by our side. Um, And we couldn't do it without the body of Christ and people, you all, praying for us as well. But it is a, a daily battle, an attempt at times even by telephone calls with plants of people trying to 
<clears throat> trip us up in, in having us share medical information if we don't have medical experience. I can't even tell you. I could, I could go into another speech on all those different topics. Um, so that will be for another day. But, yes, we appreciate and value your prayers as we fight the battle. It just reminds me of Ezekiel, um, of the story of seeing the, the enemy coming in from all sides and um, the idea, look to the, look to the hills and know where your help comes from. And we are not alone. So um, I'm blessed to serve alongside women that are um, constantly in prayer for these women that come in. And I will not quit until my Lord takes my life. So, um, and neither will the people who fight alongside me. And that's the reason why there's a target on my back and every other person who serves at Life Choices. And even on the backs of our families as we try to serve for the kingdom. So, um, okay, I'll get off that. Um, I'm just going to share some stories and um, bring you into the experience of what it is to serve at Life Choices. Uh, My first story is uh, about a young woman who came in on a stormy uh, weekday morning. And I was working at the front desk here at Longmont, answering phones, just opening for the day. And the young woman walked in in tears, and she was just trembling, and she was anxious, and she was looking down. She brought in her five-month-old little baby girl who was fast asleep in a car seat. And she said, quickly, I need a pregnancy test. I can't be pregnant. I can barely take care of my daughter. My husband's going to kill me, and I, I have no other choice. And so I, I reached across you know, the desk and held her hand for a second. I said, breathe along with me. Let's just take some breaths together. Those breaths come from the Lord. And let's try to calm down for a second. And let me see if I could find an opening for you to come and be taken care of this morning. And as our breathing was connecting, I could see her face softening a little bit. It, it turned out that, of course, the, um, we had an, uh, a client that had canceled that morning, so there was an opening. I found her chart because she was a previous client with this five-month-old uh, baby in this pregnancy and, um, and looked at the chart and was just kind of reviewing what was in her information. And her first visit, she listed herself as Buddhist. And then when we were doing some material services assistance to her, she listed herself as spiritual. So then I asked the Lord, in, in my mind, I asked the Lord, Heavenly Father, just help us with the wisdom that she needs for today. For us to be able to serve this young lady. And then our advocates took the client into the room. They encouraged her. They gathered her information for now. They listened to her concerns. And um, they were with her for over an hour and a half. And she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And it just gives me chills because, you know, we gave her and spoke the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is not an us, it is us serving her by giving his wisdom, right? It doesn't always happen that way. You know, we meet our clients where they are. And every client situation is totally unique. There are some people that are ready to hear of the Lord, and there's others that it may take a little while. In the meantime, we just the hands and feet of Jesus. One of my favorite scriptures is Romans 8.28. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who are called according to his purposes for them. And it is one of my favorite scriptures, and here's why. 
a little background on me. My husband Ken and I, um, we were married about 10 years before we were blessed with our first daughter. In the meantime, we were also prayerful and financially supportive of life choices. We were blessed to be parents through adoption. I have a 22-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I have a 19-and-a-half-year-old son. And I have an 11-year-old daughter, uh, Christina. Lauren, Matt, and Christina. We have open adoptions. I've gone alongside our birth mothers and some of their family members. By God's grace, I was able to provide emotional support as he led me. Pray with them. Love them as sisters in Christ. Because they're created in the image of God as well. Their willingness, I can't even say this, I'll try to do it without tearfulness, but their willingness to place their child with another mother is a heartfelt sacrifice. To place the interests of this child over their own takes courage and a love beyond my understanding. And I truly believe that God honors them. It is not giving away your child. It is being willing to feel the movements of this child and saying, I cannot do this. That is an amazing sacrifice. And that's a sacrifice that affected me and my family. As a unit, I am with them together. Our families work together for the good of our children. I could share a lot of really amazing stories about that. How my son's birth grandfather led my, my husband to understand the Lord and accept Jesus as his Savior. How my son at, at 18 was working on the farm with his birth grandfather and grandmother last summer. How each one of the birth mothers' faith deepened, even if some of them still ch- are challenged by trials of the world views. There's so many stories. But I'm sharing those little bits with you for right now. I've always been pro-life, even before I learned I was infertile. But developing these relationships with these birth families has given me an insight into the client's choice in our centers of adoption. I truly believe it was God's plan all along for me to be the Longmont Center Director. I kept on feeling poked at different times, but then I felt like it wasn't the right time for me to step into that position. As the Lord prompts, I answer the client's questions in regards to adoption and open adoption options. Every situation is unique. Not every situation can be as open as ours is. It just depends on the situation and as God plans it out. I want to be a reflection of Jesus to any person that comes across my path, whether it's someone in the center or in the world. And I want the clients and their families to feel the love of Jesus. I was blessed to serve a woman named Tiffany. She came to the center seeking support. She actually had to do some community service. And I just felt the Lord go, draw her in. You know, like talk to her, communicate, figure out what's going on. I met with her a half a dozen times. At the time, she was pregnant about six months. And each time I would uh, have her come to the center, I felt the Lord draw me to certain things in communication with Tiffany. She spoke about being raised in the church, being raised in youth group, and falling away from where she started. 
and I reminded her that we all fall short all of us on our journey to what the Lord has got planned for us we all do but God is faithful and he wants us to return to him and I enjoyed our visits as she exemplified with this huge smile the peace that surpasses all understanding and she was given materials but mostly prayer with each visit with emotional support as my companion my sister in Christ there was even one time i felt the lord um and it sounds totally crazy but the voice had this native american woman who was on who was singing amazing grace and i felt like i was supposed to share that with this young woman cuz this young woman also was half half lakota half native american as was my two daughters are half lakota it's not a happenstance that i happen to be helping this young woman and i remember you know saying i just feel like just sit down forget about helping us at the center just sit down let's just listen to that song and i remember tiffany like holding her belly and just smiling and there was silent tears down her face and her and i were singing with it amazing grace and and what ended up happening is ultimately each visit prayer and i gave her a children's bible and then as the baby was born she came in and she said you know jonathan and 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 david's story is my favorite story of friendship and i said i totally agree and she said i'm already sharing it with this little baby and by the way her son's name is jonathan and i asked her about what her thoughts were in reflecting on the past year and she said you know it was stressful at first appreciated all the support from life choices i'm getting stronger in my faith i have a hope and being a mom is something better than i could have ever thought and i just thought of that scripture jeremiah 29:11 you know for i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans for good and for not for disaster to give a hope and a future and that is what we try to provide at life choices to be the hands and feet again of jesus try to remind them of the hope found when we trust him i'm truly blessed to serve at life choices and we have a client range of anywhere from teens to maybe even up to 40s males and females in pregnancy in options counseling needing sti testing referrals post abortive men and women needing counsel um we give different things we some of some people come to our clinics for the free clothing whether it's maternity clothing or baby clothing for a listening ear for emotional and prayer support options on community resources we have the free counseling for post abortive um people that is free counsel and or also bible study 11 week bible study and it's been wonderfully helpful to women to just remind them the chains can be broken we also provide the education in the schools for healthy boundary setting and sexual risk avoidance middle and high schools middle and high schools and i'll give you some of the statistics on that but these services require financial support and this is an example of the things we can do For this and many reasons I really do feel it's important to support the cause for life. A little background on me, I've served there uh as a staff member for 3 years, 2 of the years as the Longmont Center director. 
And it's just been an amazing blessing to connect with the many local churches, including Longmont Church of the Nazarene. And getting to know Pastor Sid and Bernice has just been wonderful. I love the interaction with the body of Christ. And each church plays an integral role in the pro-life value for all who are created in the image of God. I read recently in a wonderful book by Phyllis Schreier, a little background on her. She's the daughter of Tony Evans, a Southern Baptist minister, I believe. Um, and she also was the actress in the movie War Room. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. But she said this, and I thought it was so appropriate, that being plugged into his church gives an opportunity to discover his purpose and his personal plan for you within it. I just love that. You see, he matches the needs of the body with the gifts of the church. And he stirs our hearts for his plan. And as a Longmont Center director, I really love meeting the churches and partnering in the ministry with you. And, and then I'm able to share with you and be kind of a conduit of what things we do in the center. These life-changing encounters are what we see every day. Again, teens to 40s. People struggling to come to terms with an unplanned pregnancy. Or additionally, young couples that are excited for a pregnancy and maybe they need help financially. So we provide those free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. Somebody who may not have insurance yet. We do it for a variety of different people. The material, emotional, and spiritual support. And it could be monthly donations from churches. It could be baby bottle campaign. Just the idea of being able to together do this as a unit. So Life Choices was founded about 35 years ago. We do have three other locations. Longmont is the founding location. Then we have Loveland, Brighton, and North Metro. Those are all smaller locations. And the Longmont Center is the busiest. We see anywhere from 40 to 60 clients a month. On the average, our volunteers put in 350 to 450 monthly hours. That's in the Longmont Center alone. Remember, we have the other centers too. In 2017, between October 2017 to, to October 2018, and I have a few of these out there at that table that are our annual statistics for our Night for Life event last year, at least to give you some idea. We provided 165 separate times of post-abortive care. We provided 3,452 presentations or people, students that were reached. Let me say that again. 3,452 students were reached at 172 presentations for the education program. If you consider the financial component of being run by volunteers, even though this statistic is low, we offered half a million to three-quarters of a million dollars of medical services free. Material services are about forty-eight dollars to $50,000 a year. We provide free services. We helped 820 clients, 1,877 client visits, 548 pregnancy tests, 765 ultrasounds, but more important than any of that, we had spiritual discussions of 1,120. We shared the gospel 170 times. We prayed with our clients 400 or 943 times, gave away Bibles. Sometimes we try to keep up on some of these things to show our partners what we do 
But our clients are not a number. I'm just saying these are the things that we can give. Our focus is really to be the light of Jesus in every interaction. And our job is not to judge, not to judge anyone, but to give hope, encouragement, wisdom, and reflect love in a gentle spirit that listens and seeks to understand another. The maternity clothes, baby clothes from infants to one year old, baby supplies, whether it's diapers, pacifiers, blankets, towels, bathing things, or tangible material assistance. Sharing the light of Jesus through spoken words and actions, free Bibles, free devotion books, free children's Bibles. They're a wonderful opportunity to open and give the information to spread the love of Jesus and open the minds of these soon-to-be parents and their families to the mercy and grace of Jesus. We've been blessed by your support. And we're able to extend your hands and feet to the people at Life Choices, and we are grateful for that. I'm going to share another story. I was approached by this woman who had requested a tour And she expressed that um, she had an interest in her center because she herself was an ultrasound nurse at a Christian pregnancy center down south. She said that she just found out her son and his girlfriend were expecting. And over the internet, she asked, she wanted to find out a Christian-minded pregnancy resource center like the one she worked at in Colorado. And she said, if I'm going to be in town and I might see a new grandbaby, who better than somebody who will love Jesus and minister to my son and his girlfriend? So her eyes misted while she shared, as I was showing her a little tour, that he was raised in the church and his girlfriend didn't know the Lord yet, but she'd been praying for her. And she said, well, you pray for us. And I said, of course. We pray all the time and we never force Jesus on anyone But we pray for all of them. We started the tour at the Longmont Center, and I showed her the material services area, the second floor where the offices are located. Give me a second. I'm getting a frog. (laughs) And at the time, we had this advertising poster thing that we were putting together. And actually, I have some magnets out of that back desk that show you a picture of a set of twins. Um, So she saw this picture and she said, oh, look at that. It's awesome. Some twins were saved, you know. And I said, yeah. Actually, last year in 2018, I don't even, I think there was probably at least 10 sets of twins from all the different centers. I think Longmont had three. I think Loveland had three. There might have been a couple scattered in the other ones, too. I said, yeah, it's, it's amazing. This year was a, a year of twins, God's blessing, and we were able to provide all these material services for these women and stuff too. And I said, you know, uh, praise God for that. And we laughed as we were both talking about Sarah and the Bible and how things just are crazy. And I just thought how great God is. So she expressed, I want my son's girlfriend to hear about Jesus. I reassured her that she's going to be covered in prayer. And we hugged, and a little while later, the new parents-to-be requested the rest of the family to enter the new ultrasound suite. That was by donation, by the way, that we were able to provide that um, connected bathroom and ultrasound room. This family would see their new addition. And then all of a sudden, I was hearing really loud laughter coming out of the room. uh, And there was a lot of rejoicing. And this family would welcome their own set of twins. 
It was just like, are you kidding me? That's like so outstanding. So this is an example of why women choose life choices over a secular women's clinic. Why an ultrasound nurse from out of town sought out the Body of Christ, our Longmont Center, Life Choices Longmont Center, and we provide this non-judgmental, compassionate care with accurate information on parenting, adoption, and why abortion isn't the answer. Now, recently there was a movie, Unplanned, and it shares the story of Abby Johnson, the past employee of Planned Parenthood, and it showed how sometimes we can be blind to the things around us that Abby was initially blind, and, but God pursued her. God pursued her. And God used Abby's life to bring light to the abortion industry. And as a result, she's making a difference in opening the eyes of people around us. She's making a difference by being his hand and changing the future. It kind of reminds me of the transformation of Saul to Paul, right? If you have post-abortive regret, there is healing at the cross of Jesus. We're all in need of a Savior. All of us. Life Choices provides these free Bible study forgiven and set free to those needing to be released from that chain of regret and guilt and shame. And there's freedom in the name of Jesus. There always is freedom in the name of Jesus. And we're here to help you. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. He's the holder up. Doesn't matter what we do. He's the holder up. I love my job because it's not just a job, it's a calling. And as the center director, I'm able to plant seeds in some situations directly to clients to share wisdom from my own personal experience as the Lord leads it. And I can provide instruction to our volunteers on adoption and on miscarriage experiences. Or I can even observe a vulnerable woman and her family enter the center and just ask the Lord what I should do and have the privilege to pray for that family. The financial support that you provide that we receive from our donors gives us the opportunity to impact so many women and men who may have known Jesus as a child and need to recommit to him again or those who need to know him for the first time. And we need the body of Christ to partner in prayer and financial support. But Romans 8.28 is put into action when we're together working alongside each other for the next generations for eternity. And thank you from Life Choices. Thank you so much from Life Choices. I tried to give you a little window as to what it means for us to be connected to you so we can do what we do. And it means the world. It means life. So thank you for the opportunity to speak before you. And may God richly bless you. Can I pray for you? Dear Heavenly Father, you are the author and the perfecter of all things. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You see the beginning from the end. Father God, I just ask you in the name of Jesus that you would just continue to cover this church, Longmont Church of the Nazarene, with your love, with your presence, Lord, with your wisdom, Lord. That you would um, 
continue to provide opportunities for them to do outreach in the community, whether it's celebrate recovery, which is such a needed thing, Lord Jesus. Whether it's encouragement to anyone who enters their doors, Lord. We just are so thankful that they are here and that they've been here a long time, Lord, and that they are a representation of your hands and feet. In the precious Son of Jesus' name, amen. I believe um, the Life Choices is a ministry that we can and should support. Um, there's a couple of events. You, you guys do fundraising events from time to time. There's a sporting clays thing happening. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually uh, on the 16th. Of... Okay. If if you're a shotgunner and well, if I went out there, I'd embarrass myself. But I do like to shoot a shotgun. So anyway, there's that. It's it's a fundraising event, and then they have the ride for life on June 15th, 16th, Saturday, Saturday. Um, and so if uh, it's for m- motorcycles, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like participating in a fun run. You pay a fee, and that's how we raise the funds. So if, uh, budden, budden, there we go. All right. And um, and then we'll probably do the baby bottles here. We've done those in previous years. Um, I, I don't know when that happens. How soon? I can bring some over. I just didn't know how you wanted to do it, if you were going to do whatever you do today. Well, we're going to do today, but we do the baby bottles, too. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, well, we've done the babe bottles, you know, where you fill them with change or whatever, and, and that goes to support. You know, you heard uh, these, what they offer is free. 
Um, I, I don't know much about son, uh, ultrasound or sonogram machines or anything or what that costs, but I know it's not cheap. And um, just from what I read uh, to you from Albert Moeller and, um, you know, what the impact that had in what he wrote about, I'm sure it has impact at, uh, on life choices. Uh, we need to make sure that they're able to keep doing these things because of the difference it can make in the decision-making process that women go through when they're facing a choice like this. And, um, and all the other things you offer as well. So um, right now, we're going to uh, receive an offering. If Gentlemen, if you come forward, this uh, 100%, just go, this is for life choices. And, yeah, pardon? 